and this is another edition of the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Bird, and with me is my co-host... Matt Parmley. Uh, how are you today, sir? Uh, I've, I've been better. <laughs> okay, alright. Um, well, have you been worse? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I got a little bug or something, so I'm, I'm powering through this evening. <laughs> For a very special reason, we have an awesome guest today. Uh, we do. Um, you've heard him join us as a guest host, uh, but we are welcoming back Kevin Derendorf, who runs the Mazer Patrol podcast. Say hello, Kevin. It's good to have you back. Yeah, uh, great to be back. Always good to uh, be here uh, where I don't have to do any editing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now you're actually you're here for a special reason today is because now you can add author. I mean, I guess technically writing a, a blog, you you are writing, but you have a book out. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, uh, uh, like like you said, uh, have been blogging for a while for Mazer Patrol, but uh, got uh, got peer pressured into putting something on uh, physical paper. Uh, so uh, now now one can get a collection of essays under the title Kaiju for Hipsters. Yes, so your book, Kaiju for Hipsters, uh, 101 Alternative Giant Monster Movies. Um, this uh, came out last month, and um, before we get into that, uh, since we're actually interviewing you instead of just talking about uh, whatever we talk about... Um, so I want I want to backtrack to Mazer Patrol real quick um, because I've said on and off of the podcast it's my favorite blog, uh, especially as far as um, kaiju, Japanese science fiction, fantasy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I, I I want you to take us back. What led you to start that blog? Uh, so it was really, uh, so I was, I was in the midst of getting my PhD and I was working out in Oak Ridge and all my friends were back in, uh, in St. Louis for the most part. Uh, and I was doing these long experiment runs where, uh, you can't really leave equipment by itself unattended or else you'll probably wind up doing millions of dollars of property damage. But at the same time, yeah, you sort of watch it and correct it when things start to go wrong, but things usually don't go wrong. So you're sitting there for a long time and there was, you know, bits of long, long stretches of time that I had to kill. So, you know, it's, I could be reading books or I could be surfing the internet and, and writing about Japanese pop culture genre movies. So, you know, wound up, uh, wound up sort of doing a, a bit of a, of a news aggregate because there wasn't, at the time, you know, something like Tokusatsu Network, where people take, like, Tokusatsu news and anime news and video game stuff and sort of squeeze it all together. So uh, I figured, you know, I like a lot of these sort of things and put them together in one place for other people that have a similar mindset. Uh, and it is appreciated because, um, I, I mean, I, I was looking at that blog before I ever started a podcast or we got to know any, each other or anything, and I liked it. For a couple reasons. One, I mean, uh, and this will probably be a little bit of a theme 
here in this in this episode. I, there's not a lot of places where you can just stop and get all that stuff. It like I re, I remember when I was was younger reading, um, you know, uh, like Stuart Galbraith's books and and stuff like that that just kind of like gave you everything. And now it's like, okay, if you want Godzilla and Kaiju, you go here. If you want Sentai, you go here. You want Ultraman, you go here. If you want anime, you go here. Uh, and, you know, you look at the older fanzines and stuff like Markalite and Japanese Fantasy Film Journal, they just gave everything to you. And it was it, like, it's so splintered now that it's nice to have a, like a place where you can just go and get all that at once. And then secondly... And this will uh, tie into the book. Um, you covered the obscure stuff, the stuff that wasn't getting Western press, um, uh, e even going as far as to offering translations of Japanese Godzilla um, uh, comics and things like that. You know, the, the stuff that no one really knew about or talked about. And that's essentially the theme of the book. And... We go to each other when we have questions about certain things that, like, no one has heard of. And this book is a, it's more or less a guide to the obscure, the the giant monster movies that fell through the cracks. You know, after you watch all the Godzilla and Gamera's, what else is out there? This book exists to answer that question. And like me, you're constantly seeking out this new stuff. So for guys like us, aside from just like uh, just just extreme uh, masochism, what why do we seek out the obscure? Well, I think uh, for both of us, you know, we were we were fans in a time when stuff was not very easily accessible, and as such, we were we were very hungry for content, and I don't think that appetite necessarily went away. So yeah, you know, there's. There's stuff that, when you have so much available, you know, when, when we were kids, there wasn't Crunchyroll. And, you know, nowadays, you sort of have to be very selective in terms of what you watch. But uh, for, for us old fogies, that's not really as much of a... Uh, we're, we're not that discerning because yeah. we have so, so, many, uh, so many sort of things like that that we can... Yeah latch on to. So the, I, I think the, that's... Yeah, well, yeah, the pre-internet days, you know, I remember you would go to a convention and find, like, a bootleg table, and you'd be like, what? I've never heard of this. Uh, and now it's, you know, that, that, dr there's, there's not a lot of ways for us to chase that dragon anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I remember going to G-Fest in, I think, 2000, and getting a VHS tape with Time Ranger and watching the same like three episodes over and over again, and now I have the complete series on DVD. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's a very different experience. It's weird you guys talk about like the good old days, so to speak. But for me, it's kind of different because I was I was the worst kind of fan where like my bubble was basically Godzilla and not much else. And so for me, it's something like your book is actually really helpful because, as Bird can attest to, like a lot of stuff. I just haven't seen. I've heard of it maybe, but I haven't seen it. So like I'm looking to see stuff that's kaiju related or kaiju centric or monster centric now. And so I'm going back and watching all these films that I've never seen that have been out forever and I get to experience them for the first time. And like for me that's a lot of fun. Plus, 
it gives me other stuff to show my my son who loves all things monsters and so we get we get to kind of do it together which is pretty neat yeah you get this is a book for people that you want to get your hands dirty you want to find some stuff that it just hasn't either uh hasn't been talked about i mean there's stuff in here that i didn't know about um uh, in the beginning of the book, you you go through uh, some strides to narrow down how you came to the the selection of movies you have in here, and I I, I want you to kind of break that down for us. You you have a particularly nerdy definition that of you know what what qualified for the book that I think I mean I think it's necessary to keep this book from being ten billion volumes, but. Um, what was the definition of kaiju movie that you came to to choose the movies that you would include? So, uh, there, there are a couple of, of criteria, and uh, I think the first one, the most controversial one, is I didn't want to do Godzilla, because everybody has talked about Godzilla to the point where... Uh, I mean, as an example, there was a there was a review that was going on at, at G Fest, and then uh, <laughs> a couple couple of us were were sitting outside, you know, making up, uh, joking about making up bingo cards of like, okay, here are the topics that come up when this movie is discussed. <laughs> who who gets the bingo first? So it's it's sort of, you know, what am I going to say about 1954 that hasn't been said better, more eloquently by a hundred people? Uh, probably nothing. But uh, what could I say about, I don't know, the Bermuda Depths? Maybe something. <laughs> so for the, for, the, for the most part, I was like, okay, let's not do any, any Godzilla movies. You can argue that Daigoro versus Goliath is sort of a Godzilla movie, but that's getting really esoteric. <laughs> so that's in there. But, so that was, the, that was the first thing. I said, you know, let's, let's not do Godzilla. Let's not do the related stuff, no war, the gargantuas and Frankenstein conquers the world and Mothra, et cetera, et cetera. Just Toho is Toho is out. Then, uh, franchises all get lumped together in this. So each, each chapter is sort of a a franchise. So, you know, it's, it says 101 movies. There's actually more than that because, you know, mega shark has one chapter. So, you know, four movies, one chapter, and then I realized that if I had a, a chapter for Gamera, it would be ridiculous. So I just said, okay, let's not do that one either. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, then it's like, okay, so what, what do we, what do we call a kaiju movie? And, and this is something where, you know, we've had long debates in fandom going back to the dawn of, uh, as far as I can remember of what is a kaiju. And depending on who you ask, you'll have different definitions. <laughs> It's, it's one of the most absurd and longest-running debates in the fandom. Might be the most embarrassing. It also <laughs> is taken far too serious, I think. <laughs> like, so I figured, you know, I, I want to look at Japanese giant monster movies, and I want to look at Japanese-ish giant monster movies. So, you know, Mighty Peking Man is not Japanese, but it had Japanese people working on it. Zarkor the Invader is not Japanese- it did have a suit that was made in Japan, but for the most part, it's not Japanese, but you could feel that like Japanese influence on it. Same thing with like Cloverfield or Pacific Rim. Uh, so 
if there's if there's a demonstrable Japanese influence that I can that I can point out, then sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And then even though kaiju is also a term that doesn't necessarily mean giant monsters, that's how it's used in the Western tradition so much that I figured let's let's make it a creature that could conceivably threaten the society that it arises in. <laughs> so that's why, you know, for, for the, you know, what I would call like the, the, the kaiju sniff test is, you know, in the modern times, something that could destroy a skyscraper. In samurai times, maybe it's something that can destroy a two-story building. I like that you specifically point out that, that kaiju is basically a creature that takes from the tradition and aesthetics of edgy super eyes work. Like, that's kind of the the general idea for what constitutes a monster for this book. And, yes. and with all of the choices, you can definitely see that influence. And I think that makes it pretty straightforward, honestly. And if I were to pick a concise definition of what a kaiju should be like, to me, that, that pretty much nails every, every part of it. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's necessary to narrow it down. Like I said, or else you'll be making something that's 100 volumes long and... I mean, giant monster movies come out all the time, but for the purpose of your own sanity, <laughs> you got to narrow it down. Um, so, I know a lot of this um, stems from your blog and everything, but how did you just narrow down the list of titles, and is there a reason why, you know, you landed on 101 as the magic number? Uh, I thought 101 sounded catchy. <laughs> that's, that's really it. So, uh, I, I wound up at first, I was like, I'm not going to be able to name this many things. And then at the end, I was like, oh, wow, there's there's a lot more. So there's actually a, an honorable mention section in, the, in yeah. the back. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have enough in that honorable mention that you could do a volume two just by expanding that. I mean, so, I mean, it, 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 101 movies get the spotlight, but realistically, there's even more. And uh, there's a I want to get into that in a, in a minute. Um, just because this book has like ruined my life, basically. Um, <laughs> that was my goal. Really. <laughs> well, because I've seen, um, I've seen roughly maybe a little more than half of the stuff in here, and then you know they just gave me more to do. It ensured the the life of this podcast would go on even longer than we thought it probably would. <laughs> Um, and we'll get back to that. Um, but so I think the next question and narrowing down just how you came to include these is, um, you have some movies in here, for instance, say, um, Princess Mononoke, uh, for example, that has a giant monster sequence, but it's not necessarily a kaiju movie or, um, you know, it's similar to how like, Oh, the Mysterians has the Mogera sequence, but it's not necessarily a kaiju movie. So when it came to those, when it movies like princess Mononoke or, um, uh, something like King of Thorn, uh, even the dragon dentist a little bit. Um, what about, what about those movies convinced you that they should make the cut? Even though they're not, you know, it's not something like Agon, the Atomic Dragon, where it's, you know, traditional kaiju. Uh, there are a number of factors that, that went into that. I mean, one one of them is just how much I felt like talking about it. So, like, Napping Princess actually came out while I was writing it. So, and like, I went to see that in the theater and like, man, I want to write about this. So I did. Uh, but the the sort of cutoff there is 
like I, I still think of things if the if there's a giant monster that's a main selling point of the movie. So like you mentioned the Mysterians or I would say Gorath. Those are movies that you could argue like, yeah, these aren't really kaiju movies, but I I look at them and the but 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 they are. So you know, if if it if, you know, the kaiju content is limited to a point where it's not in a trailer or a poster or something, then I'll uh, maybe squint and be like, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. And then there are there are some there are some interesting ones in here. Uh like uh gosh, what what is the English title for it's like Giant Monster makes landfall in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, Giant Monster appears in Tokyo is the Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the monsters are off screen in that, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's one where you could argue, is is this a kaiju movie? Sort of. Like, it's got all of the kaiju tropes except the kaiju itself. <laughs> right. And, and conversely, you have uh, Demiking, where... <laughs> spoilers for Demiking, it's, it's sort of the, the waiting for Godot of giant monster movies, where they're, they're, they're building up to a giant monster, and there's a dream sequence where the giant monster appears, but the story ends before we actually get there. So... Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we'd all agree the amount of infighting over what is or is not a kaiju or a kaiju movie is insane. Um, so that brings me to another question about movie selection. We'll move on, I promise. But um, uh, so in the honorable mentions, you'll see a movie like Reptilicus, where now, I think a lot of fans might look at that and be like, oh, well, why doesn't Reptilicus get a full chapter, but something like, I don't know, again, like Princess Mononoke that just has, like, a sequence of giant monster. How did you come to that decision of, okay, these are going to be in the back with the honorable mentions, and these are the ones that are going to take the spotlight? So Reptilicus is one where there is a a Japanese connection, but it's it's very tenuous, and it's it's basically just that the the writer of Reptilicus had previously worked on the Volcano Monsters, which was an unmade American adaptation of Godzilla Raised Again. So basically, I was like, is that is that enough there to to justify calling it Japanese influenced? And you know, the the monster from Reptilicus has had you know, cameos and MM9 and stuff like that. But it, it was still just not, it didn't feel quite as, it didn't have that Subarai flavor to the, to mm-hmm. the point that uh, some of the other things did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of them you explain why. Um, yeah. Like, uh, like Gunbuster. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, you got so many in here. Um, but, uh, the last question I want to ask you on that specific uh, process is you have a handful of bonus reviews as well. So even though it's 101, you still have, like, more. <laughs> so, so, so is there a reason why some of those movies got a bonus review and not part of the 100? Or why something that got a bonus review wouldn't have been in the honorable mentions or anything like that? Uh, so all of the bonus reviews were... The things where like, oh, I want to talk about them, but I can't really justify giving them their own section. But they're sort of tangentially related to whatever this other thing I was talking about mm-hmm. is. So like an example, uh, just just opening up here, like Jossie's, 
uh, I didn't have a whole lot to say about Jossies, but I also didn't have that much to say about Sexy Rangers. And they're both like all female Super Sentai spoofs. So just having some extra stuff there to compare and contrast. Um, Dragon Wars is a movie that, for an example, also doesn't have a whole lot of real Japanese influence. But I also love Dragon Wars. And he explains why in a sensible way in the book, just for people (laughs) listening. Yeah. So (laughs) I, I I explain why I love it. And I also explain why I included it, (laughs) which is people told me to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I, I do want to ask, cause there are some more well-known movies in there. Gorgo, Pacific Rim, Cloverfield, um, even though those are more well-known, is there a reason why you decided to include them? Is it just because, you know, it's not Godzilla or Gamera, so there might be, be people that are like, oh, who cares? And then it's like, well, well maybe you should check it out. Well, I figured a couple of reasons. You know, a lot of people, like, even if they, uh, you know, if they're newer to the to the uh, fandom or whatever and, and haven't really ventured outside of Godzilla you like I still meet people all the time who haven't seen the Daimajin movies for an example uh, and that's one where I was you know Daimajin is one that I almost thought no that's too mainstream and then I got came to my senses yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know th- there are people you know like my my girlfriend basically has seen some stuff but she hasn't seen everything so i don't know if she's seen gorgo for an example uh and you know the 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 big titles you know pacific rim and cloverfield i tried to focus on aspects of them that that weren't very well known because i sort of assumed that people know about them but gorgo especially has a lot of behind the scenes history and even like later on influence in the kaiju world that a lot of people might are probably aren't privy to and i i had a copy of the of the book with me at g fest and there were definitely some people that like picked it up and they looked at the table of contents and like gorgo this is it for hipsters and like threw it back in my face (laughs) 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 well see they're not wrong but if you if you actually read that chapter there's a lot of there is information on gorgo that uh, i would be willing to bet those people probably didn't know that that's sort of what I was going for, uh, and I do have um, I have I have two ratings for every every review where I have you know the movie rating, which is how I would you know say how much I enjoyed it, how technically well achieved it was, and some congregate of of various factors like that, and then I have a rating uh, for hipster cred, which is sort of like how obtuse and obscure and uh, difficult it is so something like gorgo gets like a one star for hipster cred but maybe four stars for for movie rating yeah um so i mean uh some of this you can explain some of it you can't um but why do you think certain movies in here have gone so unnoticed and and i'm not talking i mean okay gorgo and pacific rim aside i mean there's other things that are even by like obscure standards for the real nerds like they know about them they know Digoro versus uh 
Goliath. They know Super Inframan. They 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 know the Yokai movies, Daimajin, but um, certain other movies. I mean, you have the Whale God. You have um, a lot of anime movies in here that that qualify. Um, Flying Phantom Ship. Uh, like there's uh, Kenya Boy. I'm just looking through here and just rattling off these titles that. Like, Twilight of the Cockroaches, even. Um, then, I mean, why is it that these movies, some of which are readily available, are just, like, aren't being... Nobody is talking about them. Why do you think some of this stuff has just gone unnoticed and under the radar? Well, I mean, definitely with the, with the anime stuff, sometimes the fandom gets very siloed, uh, where the people... They, they, they're only about the special effects. And to some extent, I, I can understand that, you know, to, to each their own taste. But, you know, if you like the, uh, like the, the big monster smashing, there's definitely anime out there that, that scratches that itch. Oh my god, there's so much of it. Um, last year you did the anime kaiju panel, and, like, it's interesting, because, I mean, before the Godzilla anime... In addition to being like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was a Godzilla anime? People would often say, like, why isn't there any kaiju anime? And it's like, there really is, I think. But, I, yeah, I, I think you hit something when you... I think the disconnect between those two fandoms is so huge that, like, the anime fans don't care to, like, be like, oh, check out... Uh, neil ranga or whatever and then the kaiju fans like they just don't even know the stuff exists so it's like they never learn about each other <laughs> yeah or the they'll have like very uh you know the 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 venn diagrams don't intersect as, as much as i would perhaps like so yeah. you'll you'll get sort of skewed visions of like oh all anime is dragon ball z and yeah like, yeah but for real, like, I mean, it's on your, you put it up as, because as, there's the Mazer Patrol podcast, and it's on YouTube, the the Kaiju anime presentation you did, and there's just a list of stuff, and a lot of it is not hard to find, it's on Crunchyroll, or Funimation, or, or something like that, I mean, there's just a crap ton of it, um... But yeah, that that's one of those things where it's like, aside from Attack on Titan and Evangelion, I feel like kaiju fans and anime just just completely separate things. And yeah, I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with us being like, hey, come on guys, you really like each other. Get to meet, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so, so like Studio Ghibli is fairly mainstream. Um, and I, I have, you know, the Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind in here, but the influence that that had on Shin Godzilla is tremendous. Well, <laughs> so, I, I mean, even look at the... I mean, they did a, a tokusatsu kaiju prequel to that movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, just look at the, laser, the, 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 the giant god... I mean, even in the design, especially at the end when you see the people in the tail. I mean, it's all right there. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the type of stuff that I I like to sort of point out, uh, make, make these connections like a crazed lunatic with paper clippings on a on a wall or something. <laughs> yeah, but that that, I, that reminds me what we what we were talking about before we started. We were talking about how the 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 dry spell between Final Wars and 2014 was so 
long and boring that like that dry spell is would and tell me if you agree with this i think that that dry spell is what finally made ultraman like okay to like if you're a kaiju fan I can see that to an extent. I just, uh, like, I feel like it wasn't until, like, the mid-2000s. I mean, Ultraman's always been, like, a thing people knew, some people liked, but, like, now Ultraman is constantly covered in G... Like, I remember when G-Fan wouldn't even touch Ultraman. I feel like that that was a little more silenced before. Yeah, I mean, having... A DVD release of the whole series definitely helped. For sure, yeah. Um, and now we have, well, for <laughs> for a while we had we had simulcasts of the new Ultraman shows. Yeah, and uh, yeah, until this one, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, question, but, and and this isn't uh, this isn't necessarily you specifically or the book, but. Um, I feel like that's kind of what it is with Super Sentai and Power Rangers, where, like, it's not too different from the tropes in Ultraman, but it's not quite the same. But there's, like, like the, the Sentai and Kamen Rider and, you know, the Japanese heroes, aside from Ultraman, and that's, like, its own thing also. And it's like, you know, I mean, you do have the, the Kamen Rider J movie in here, but... That's another thing where it's like, I don't quite understand why the divide is so deep. That is a weird one, and I think stateside, it comes from Power Rangers, uh, and any any opportunity I have to throw shade on Power Rangers, I will gladly do so. Uh, but uh, basically, you, you have this whole Power Rangers generation that that is sort of their, their gateway, and then they, they, you know, a lot like the the Godzilla fans sometimes you get you get tunnel vision and uh, you you only look at you know Power Rangers leads to Super Sentai but Super Sentai is is hip new there's there's constantly new stuff coming out there wasn't really Godzilla stuff coming out for a decade as you pointed out uh, so the the younger people that's that's their their jam then they they get into the Super Sentai mm-hmm. and they might get into Common Rider because the two of them cross over all the time. Uh, and then the the Godzilla fans that might otherwise be interested in Super Sentai, they see Power Rangers, and Power Rangers is atrocious. And then they 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 get that gut reaction where even if they're watching something fantastic, uh, they they hear the Bulk and Skull theme, and then they start to retch. <laughs> so this fandom uh, has uh, uh, gut re- knee jerk gut reactions. You don't say um, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so, uh, I know Matt had a couple titles that he was going to bring up too. Matt, do you have, uh, is there anything in particular that, that you're, uh, you want to dive into? Well, I mean, one thing I wanted to mention that we haven't talked about and, and Kevin and I sort of talked about this prior to our recording. Um, I really appreciate the way the book is written because there's definitely a level of academic approach to it. Like the book is very informative and you get a ton of information about each film and it's, you know, from some behind-the-scenes tidbits to people that worked on this movie also worked on these other movies. And you can kind of see how a lot of things are very connected. Um, but it's also written in a very, like, layman's way, meaning it's it's accessible to anybody. Like, you can pick up the book, and it's a very brisk, easy read. But you also get a ton of information. And for someone like me, that's actually really helpful because sometimes, 
they pick up a read. book and it's well, yeah, it's part of it. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, I just I, I appreciate that, and I think it's a good gateway for people that are looking for other stuff outside of your typical Godzilla, Gamera. You know, even you guys were talking about Ultraman, but even stuff like that, where you pick up the book and you can learn things, but also it gives you an idea of what you might like as well. Um, were you going for something like very specific with your writing style? Like, is there something that you were trying to aim for in the way that you approach writing the book? Uh, really just duplicating what I do on the blog. <laughs> so well, I, have I mean, I love your blog. So lots of long rambly sentences with hundreds of parenthetical asides and hopefully not too many typos. Uh, that's, that's something I'm working on. <laughs> um, as far as stuff that you, you, you cover in the book and I mean, I, stuff like Neganon, I love that movie so much. And I just saw Gahara, I think within the past year, um, we just covered the mega shark series on our podcast, but I love the fact that they get, you know, they have their own chapter in the book um, my, one of my favorite Christmas titles would be like Love and Peace, which, uh, you know, that's something that also I think people are missing out on if you haven't seen that. And then you have stuff like uh, The Last Dinosaur, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I feel like it's something every kaiju fan should probably experience. Because like, there, there's a level of incoherent joy that that movie has to it and just kind of stupid absurdity. And then you even give like, you know, Dragon Ball Z gets a shout out with uh, Wrath of the Dragon, which isn't one of the better Dragon Ball Z films, but I'm glad that like you know you considered that um, as, as part of it. And then probably my favorite movie mentioned in the book, I would have to say, is The Magic Serpent. I adore that movie so much. It, it's a wonderfully crafted film, and it's got you know action from wall to wall. There, there's something always happening, and then you get to the end, and then all of a sudden these monsters show up out of nowhere, and they're really well executed, and you know stuff like that. So I mean, there, there's a lot of films in this book that I think would be appealing to our audience. Yeah. I mean, the, you hit the nail on the head in terms of like, if I were to recommend two movies, like the magic serpent and love and peace would definitely be way up there. Yeah. Um, there were, there were some people at G fest that were hating on love and peace and that made me sad. Uh, Well, see the, I mean, those are, I'm just going to assume those are the, the people that, uh, I mean, it's a bizarre movie, and I, I think those are probably the people that wanted something more, you know, uh, uh, I guess, conventional. Yeah. But guys I mean, like, like us, we want the unconventional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want a sewer island full of talking teddy bears. Yeah. I want drunk Santa Claus to yeah. make everything right. <laughs> um, I want to give some kudos and kind of get some insights into... Um, what well i know i from what from me talking to you what you call the uh there's a whole subgenre of chinese films that you call the obnoxious boy and his dragon films uh and I, I, people listening don't know there are i <laughs> there are so many of these goddamn movies and i i don't i just want to know how you even a, how you stomached so many of those, and B, how you even kept them straight. And then the chapter, um, the main movie is Young Flying Hero, but then inside that chapter, you give a brief little uh, um, paragraph on, like, a whole bunch more of these things. Yeah, those those movies, uh, I really got uh, turned on to them through uh, TarsTargus.net, 
uh, and, and um, I, I forget the exact name of the, the, the blog, like Die, Die, Danger, Kill, or something along those lines. Um, but they've done just fantastic coverage of, of both all of those Taiwanese fantasy films and a bunch of uh, ones from Thailand also. Uh, so, you know, there, that was definitely a good resource just in terms of looking at and figuring out what is out there to watch. Well, the um, crazy thing about that is it's like, okay, here's this movie, uh, but the effect scenes are taken from a lost movie that you're never going to see, and then the original yeah, sequences from this movie were recycled into this, and that had some scenes that were recycled into this later one, and, like, it's they all just, like, eat each other, basically. Yeah, that, that's another thing, is that copyright in a lot of Asian countries doesn't seem to exist, and film preservation also doesn't seem to exist. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, Founding of, of Ming Dynasty, that's one where if you want to watch those monster fights, you go to a movie from, you know, six or so years later called The Fairy and the Devil, and you watch that version instead, because uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it keeps that footage better. And, and puts music from Star Trek over it. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, we should mention that, um, well, they're included in the book. So, uh, obviously, the, there are a lot of, like, Toho, Daiye, Tsuburaya technicians that worked on a lot of these movies. Um, even directors. Uh, the direct, That's kind of why my head went there. Is, uh, the director of Magic Serpent did a couple of those films as well. Um, yes, yes, he did. In, uh, in Taiwan. So uh sort of uh and, and that's where i could argue that maybe you know uh, young flying hero is billed as as return of the magic serpent sometimes and i almost rolled those together but there was just so many of those flying kid things and they were also largely um the the watari ninja boy uh also a, a, a toy thing seemed to inspire a whole lot of them so it, it it just wasn't quite enough to 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 connect those but um yeah there are there are a lot of them and yeah a lot of japanese effects technicians really went all over the place for for a lot of these movies really going up through the 80s yeah um yeah you you have the in the chapter on the chayo ultraman movie you tackle some of that stuff um, but I, but yeah, I mean, it is surprising that there are some things that you think would have a little bit more coverage. For example, War of the Wizards, which, um, has, uh, Sam Arakawa, who, you know, was Subarai's protege and a special effects director for a lot of the, the Toho stuff. Um, who, he worked on this movie in 1980 called War of the Wizards, um, and, uh, it co-stars, um, uh what's the guy's name the guy that played jaws in the richard keel in the james bond series yeah and he's he's got a co-director credit on there as well um and it's streaming on amazon prime but it's like yeah it has an english dub and everything it appeared to get a, a u.s theatrical release so i don't know why it isn't ubiquitous and, like uh, what's i would the think name i think it's i think you mentioned it in the book uh but the the guy that did the poster did a lot of like 80s movie posters and stuff right oh yeah yeah he did like the um uh like the conan the barbarian and um yeah, yeah. vacation and stuff like that so yeah so 
I mean, this is a movie that a good percent... If you have Amazon Prime, you can literally go on there and watch it right now. But And, and by the way, this movie is insane. I, I didn't mention that. This movie is absolutely bonkers. Uh, so, I mean, if you're just up for a good, fun, crazy movie that is going to baffle you, uh, my favorite kind of movie, War of the Wizards, is really cool. But it, it's surprising that... I mean, even stuff like Mighty Peking Man, I mean, people talk about those. But this movie is available. So that that was a delightful uh, discovery that, that you have in here. Um, and then uh, you have a couple short films in here. Now, um, you have Gahara and Day of the Kaiju come to mind. Uh, is there a reason why, you know, you would give those more attention than, say, um, I don't know, something like, uh, what's another recent one? Zella. Uh, that, that was really just a matter of, of timing, and I, I wanted to focus on movies, um, and Gahara was, was specifically my threshold. It's like, okay, how long is Gahara? I want to make it exactly as short so the Gahara still gets covered. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, a 21 minute movie. So you could, you could argue that like, it's not a, it's not a real movie. It's a short movie, but I still, I wanted to talk about it. So that was sort of where I, where I drew the line. Um, but the shorter you go, the more things are out there that are worth discussing, but, uh, it, it does, it just balloons. Yeah. So yeah, Zella, Zella is great. Um, and you know, I was I was thinking about having like a, a an appendix with short films, but then I started like making a list of every commercial that's had a kaiju oh, in yeah. it, and it was just you're, like, yeah, you're uh, gonna be going on forever there. Yeah, so uh, that that eventually got scrapped. That, I, there, there's so many movies in this in this thing that like I've just never seen. So as Bird said, thank you for prolonging the life of our of our podcast because like there, there's just. Oh God, there, there's so many things in here that, you know, Bird was talking about War of the Wizards, which I had added to my list, I think, because I remember probably a month ago-ish, Bird watched it, and he was, like, talking about how crazy it was and bonkers, and that's why this book is awesome, and that's why if you're listening to this, you need to go out and buy it, because it's going to give you so many things to just sit back, watch, and, and enjoy. Like, you, you talk about Zebraman, like, both those movies are insane, and highly recommend Yeah, I love Zebraman. Um, you also have like, there, there's, you do cover, like you cover Ultraman the next and there you have a lot of the Ultraman films mentioned and kind of like the, the honorable mention thing, but th there's so many movies outside of your mainstream stuff that like, I just, it's frustrating that people don't really consider looking outside Godzilla. And it's a common thing. Like how many times have I talked to people where you mentioned Gamera once and like, not e they won't even consider watching the Heisei films. Like, they, they, it's just Godzilla and nothing else. And so, hopefully, if you're listening to this episode, you pick up the book and you broaden your horizons a bit. Because, like, for me, as someone that hasn't seen a lot of this stuff, there is just it, it brings an insane amount of joy to me to be able to, to watch something new and experience it for the first time. And I and I wish people would have more of an open mind about it. I do have a question regarding the Ultraman coverage. Is there a reason why you settled on Cosmos and the next is the two um, that have, you know, their own sections? Because you do have uh, a whole list of the Ultraman movies in the back, but those two get their own uh, little little spotlight. 
Yeah, those are both. Um, oh, and the adventure that, begins. Be, yeah, standalone basically. So uh, even though Cosmos leads into a TV series, it it leads into a TV series, even if it technically aired after the TV series had started, because it's you know Cosmos is, is a little kid at the beginning. It's a prequel. Yeah, and similar deal with Ultraman Nexus, where uh, sorry, Ultraman the Next, which was uh, sub- eventually made into a prequel to Ultraman Nexus, but wasn't initially going to be yeah. one uh so yeah that's that's why and, and I, i'm not disparaging you know the ultraman gaia movie is one of my favorites but it's also sort of uh helps to have watched ultraman gaia mm-hmm. so the the standalone ones like i have zerth in here and the the chayo movie you can watch in in yeah. a vacuum um or, or maybe literally watch in a vacuum <laughs> You might as well. Um, another chapter that I I really liked uh, was for the Dragon Dentist. Um, now that's an anime movie produced by uh, Hideki Anno, um, and the director is uh, the co-director on the Rebuild films, right? Yes. Um, but uh, I I really liked that because that's the kind of thing that like I want to learn about because I I do remember. When the Dragon Dentist was released, and I I don't know it it was probably from your blog to be honest. Um, and then reading this, uh, so it turns out that for the Anime Expo, um, Ano uh, they had commissioned a whole bunch of people to do short films, and that's where that the Gridman the anime Gridman short and the anime Ultraman short both of which are being turned into series right yes um, well the, the the anime Ultraman was that's that's a different thing okay the Grid, Gridman is yeah okay um but uh there were how many shorts uh, for anime expo i'm not sure about the entire number there were a lot there, of them yeah it was it was it was the better part of a year that they were doing one a week. Yeah, so... And they were all going up online with subtitles, and one of them took off virally. Yeah, but I, I, I really like this chapter, and that's why I want to be able to tell, you know, listeners about it. So this this anime movie, um, The Dragon Dentist, it spawned from the Anime Expo from that year, where they had all of these short films, and so, a lot of them are just standalone, you know, odd little animated shorts, but in there, they in a, you had a Gridman short, you had an Ultraman short, you had several Evangelion shorts, um, and then several uh, original kaiju shorts, um, and one of them was the Dragon Dentist, uh, and then um, it was turned into uh, a two-part um, animated TV movie, um, and it, it's on Blu-ray from, uh, is that one Sentai Filmworks? Yep, that's a Sentai okay. one. Um, but anyway, so I, I was reading this chapter, and I went and I, I, uh, I looked up the shorts that, because he covers, Kevin covers all of the short, all of the shorts in there that are relating to Kaiju. So in addition to Ultraman, Eva, and Gridman, um, you had, um, uh, power plant number 33, is that what it's called? I think that's how it's supposed to be yeah, pronounced. Yeah. Um, that one is awesome. Which is an awesome little animated short film about um, this future where uh, kaiju are being used as literal power plants, like they're living power plants. 
and uh, this kaiju plant fights a giant robot, and then, you know, I mean, it gets into the kind of... Uh, petty themes of like oh uh, what are what we are what we can be and do without you know being slaves to technology and all that but um i mean it's only it's maybe 10 minutes or so and it's just i loved it i was like i and someone needs to make a movie out of that and i and i was like like where when all these short films came out like where where were the kaiju fans to talk about them i don't like that that was one of the things I was like, how did how am I just now seeing this? And I guess Matt had seen it, um, and Matt Matt watches a lot more anime than me, but um, but yeah, I was just like, how how have how have I not? How did this fall through the cracks? Like, um, so uh, that chapter goes through um, a few of those shorts, and then the Dragon Dentist, which is just a a really odd movie about um uh i guess an alternate i guess it's an alternate reality but it seems kind of like world war one or two where the japanese are using giant dragons as you know basically a they're a carrier maybe but it's also like they, they're also like giant weapons but people live on these dragons and um the, their biggest threat is uh, cavities, and they have people that uh, have to be their dentist, and you know their cavities will turn into smaller monsters, and it's just it's really crazy and weird, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, that's one that I I went and watched it after, and um, I almost pulled the trigger on the Blu-ray, but you know I really I, then I found out the Japanese release has all the short films on it, and I was like, well. That's what I would want. That's that's the that's the problem, isn't it, with the uh, <laughs> special features in the Blu-ray age? Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, uh, the, I I would suggest anyone just watch the whole Animator Expo because there's, I mean, obviously great kaiju stuff, but other just great short animated pieces. I mean, you yeah. can <laughs> hear Yuki Amaishi, uh, the uh, Kill a Kill dude has a piece called Sex and Violence at Mock Speed, which if you want to see what he would do completely unfettered by needing to make something commercially acceptable, <laughs> this is, that, that would be it. Um, but yeah, like, and, and another thing that surprised me, like, he didn't direct it, but Ano's name was on it, and like, he was so hot off of Shin Godzilla when this thing came out. It's like, really? Nobody wants to talk to about this? Like, um, so no, I wanted to take a minute to tell people about that because, um, that's also just an example of how dense some of the, the chapters in here, um, go, uh, because, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to read about this movie called The Dragon Dentist. And then it's like, well, here's a whole crap ton of short movies that you should also look at. Yeah, I'll, I, I definitely name drop a lot of things and some chapters more densely than others, but no, some sometimes you can't really talk about the background of a movie without talking about a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. My my to watch list has grown exponentially since getting this book. And Kevin, I think you'll probably be happy to hear my copy of this book is like our it's like dog-eared and like <laughs> it be, because I've referenced it so much. Uh just because it's like, yeah, I I want to watch cool obscure stuff like 
Um, but uh, for for instance, <laughs> that this is this is why the book is frustrating. Not in a bad way, but it's just like, oh my god, what are you doing to me? Um, okay, so the chapter about uh, there's an anime um, uh, OVA uh, called Demon of Steel. And in the chapter for this movie, uh, I just I'm just gonna read this sentence. Um, uh, okay, so director Toshiki Hirano has a great anime filmography lush with kaiju content, complete with references to the classics, including Fight Ixer 1, Hyper Combat Unit Dangayo, Hades Project Zero Mirror, Vampire Princess Miu, Magic Knight Ray Earth, and Devil Man Lady, not to mention Penning the Godzilla 1990, by, which is the Biolante uh, manga. Um, and then the sentence after says, Sho Okawa wrote Dangayo, Zamir, Vampire, Princess Miu, as well as creating Neo Ranga, Ghost Slayer, Zayashi, Concrete Revolution, Bokenger, and the latter half of Common Rider Blade. So just in those two sentences, I have like... A year's worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a uh, uh, Wikipedia effect. And it's like, okay, now I guess I'll watch that stuff too, or something. Um, I mean, it's insane. Like, Matt, I, did, did you get overwhelmed by... Dude, did you get overwhelmed by sentences like that? Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I, I actually appreciate how much stuff he ties from one film to another, and he notes, Kevin, you note so much of the... That, like you cross-reference all the other works and, and the things that they've also been a part of, and so that's actually a really great way to discover stuff. Like if if you're a fan of you know Honda's work, well then you want to also maybe see some of the stuff that he did that was non-Godzilla specific, like his um, Farewell to Rebel or whatever that movie's called. I mean, there, there's so many other things that once you learn a director's done something, you're like, oh, I want to see other th- things that he's done because what he did here was great. And this book puts you down the rabbit hole like constantly, and if like I said, this this book has prolonged our the podcast life by like ten years, probably by just the first edition, and there's still more stuff that you could cover. Is there? Because uh, I know, like, you have Robo Rock, you have uh, Robo Geisha, but overall, is there a reason why you shied away from giant robots, or like, or is there a reason why those would make the cut instead of something like um, uh, SF three D Nut Rocker, for ex- for example? <laughs> Uh, well, well, I mean, that, that one, I, I think that one was a little on the short side, but also the robots in that aren't very big. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's where I would, uh, probably have, have shied away from that. Um, cause you did a whole but, panel on giant live action, giant robot movies at G Fest, but only a few of them are in here. Yeah. To, to an extent. And, you know, some, uh, some of the things, you know, if it's if it's a live action series, then I try to. I, I do have some TV miniseries in here. Probably the one I, I cheated on the most was the first one because I had a the the, the Mammoth Kong arc from from Gecko Common as a movie, even though it's like almost a dozen episodes. Yeah. yeah well, uh, Mikazuki is six episodes, I think. Right? Six is it six? Uh, it is. I only talk about the first episode, which was feature length. So that's yeah. how I how so I justified uh, squeezed it. that one in there. Yeah, <laughs> I took that I took that round hole and that square peg, and I just pushed a hole in my might. 
I gotta say, the Mammoth Con chapter actually—I I was very intrigued by that. That's one I actually—I'm going to check out soon. Um, and then you have like a key guy, which is like some a super low budget thing made by a studio that just does giant like girl versus robot movies. <laughs> and so you have like all those. Speaking of which, is key guy is 130 minutes. Yeah, well, it's it's four, it's four four sections, uh, and to clarify, Key Guy is not a giant girl versus it's it's like a paranormal investigation sort of ultra Q like thing, but uh, but like, the everything else they've it mostly, done is like, yeah, you have giant yeah, made robot it, it, versus tentacle monster for for instance. I think I think that that sounds like a winner. <laughs> um, it's like Matt said, it's constantly being picked up and thrown down a rabbit hole and then picked up again and thrown down another rabbit hole. Um, uh, and then even the honorable mentions gets crazy because, like, um, let's see, one, an- one of my other favorite things that I wanted to uh, tell people about was... Um, so, people... Everyone knows by now Godzilla has shown up in Zone Fighter... Toe monsters have shown up in Godman, Greenman, etc. But uh, our friend Gamera had a mild uh, career outside of his own movies, and that's when we get into things like um, cosplay warrior Cutie Knight, which was uh, what two straight-to-video movies directed by the Showa Gamera, Gamera director Yuasa. And it's about sexy girls who uh, dress in different costumes and evade a lot of silly villains like witches and stuff. And at just a random spot in the movie, they summon their capsule monster like uh, Ultra 7 or Pokemon for for you youngins. And it's Gamera. And it's the 95 Gamera Guardian of the Universe suit. And not only that, he was in a TV show. Kevin, you're gonna have to help me out. Is it Sailor Sailor Knight? Uh, Sailor Fight. Sailor Fight. Uh, who's a character that shows up in these? And there was a crossover episode with Gamera where he teamed up with a robot, like uh, some a robot girl. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was very brief. But yeah, the 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 cutie night stuff. I, I really feel like that was must have been Daya being like, we feel sort of bad for sort of screwing Yuasa out of his Gamera reboot. But yeah, here do do something. <laughs> but uh, like but, that that that's insane. I I feel like that's something nobody talks about. Yeah, uh, and and that was that was part of it. So I. When when compiling the book, I, I didn't want to do Godzilla and Gamera stuff. Uh, talked about main section because reasons we have already gone into. However, people came to me and they're like, "Dude, you can't just have a kaiju book and not talk about Godzilla and Gamera stuff." And like, all right, if I'm going to talk about Godzilla and Gamera stuff, I'm going to talk about the movies that nobody talks about. So that's where I get into the, yeah, <laughs> you know, alternative weird cuts and i mean godzilla is pretty well covered so you know people know about the 77 italian version and it's colorized and stuff like that but yeah you get into gamma you get into some weird stuff 
yeah, those people, Gamera is not as well explored. So, so Kevin, are you ready to, to write another book yet? <laughs> oh gosh. So th- this was, this was quite the, the labor because I, I started right after G Fest last year and then I sort of rushed to get things done for G Fest of this year, which is why perhaps the that first batch of, of printings might have some more typos than I would have been <laughs> otherwise comfortable with. Um, by the way, anyone who buys this as a physical book on Amazon is automatically you can get a free ebook version. So if I make any changes, it, it'll update there. Um, and then, you know, ebooks, they're nice. You can read them on your phone when you're waiting for food at a restaurant or something. It was, it was definitely an undertaking to, uh, to, to squeeze out the, the whole thing. So I don't know if I'm necessarily going to, uh, to, to jump back, back into it right away. I think I might take a break, do some, do some proper blogging uh, that, I, that I don't charge people money for. And, uh, and then maybe, you know, there's, there's other topics that uh, I feel like can be discussed that don't get discussed, and that is the incentive to write something, right? So, if in case people want to know just how deep <laughs> this goes, uh, you also have a section on uh, kaiju porn. Yes. <laughs> I like how you use the word deep. <laughs> uh, yes, X-rated kaiju movies, including uh, 2009's Cleavage Field, uh, 2006's Kinky Kong, 1984's King Dong, um, Chinkozilla, which translates to uh, Peniszilla. Um, but yes, you can find out about these titles and more. Um, and you know what? That that is a topic that is worthy of discussion. I mean, these are things that exist. Someone somewhere might like them. That that was definitely one of those things that I I you know sent out the proof copies to to people to review and I'm like, okay, let's see if anybody tells me not to put these in here. <laughs> All right, nobody did. Hey, you know they they're kaiju <laughs> movies. You're tra- talking obscure. You're. They, that that means you're getting bold and you're going places where where most of us would shy away from. Uh, if we ever do an episode on these, I I know Matt ain't doing it, so I, <laughs> I'm bringing you in. <laughs> it was it's it's surprisingly a chore to get through some of this stuff, but uh, <laughs> I don't you know for, for for the for the for the people that that's their that's their uh, that's a groove. Uh, more power to you. Um, it's it's definitely something that you know people browsing through the the book copy that I had with me at G Fest. A lot of people got got there. there there's some, some definite revulsion, but you know it's two pages. You can tear them out if you don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, I it, it, like someone's got to go there, right? <laughs> Why not you? Uh, I mean, you're you're talking obscure kaiju stuff. I mean. And and also to clarify a little bit, like I I try to give a sense for what these things are like, but not necessarily going into to like graphic descriptions because you know I, I I honestly don't know like what the what the standards are for reviewing pornographic pictures. But I'm just like <laughs> I will I'll talk about this as though it were a kaiju movie first and foremost, and they're like, well this this has some some good pra- practical effects, and then there's this really long awkward group sex scene but then there's more <laughs> practical effects <laughs> that's hilarious 
Um, another thing I like about it is these being obscure titles, um, you, you, you tell people where they can find it. So it'll be like, uh, um, availability. And then you'll say, okay, who put it out on DVD? Is it, does it have subtitles? If it doesn't have subtitles, you'll say, um, you know, you won't say anything, but if there's a fan sub out there, you'll mention that. So, I mean, that stuff's helpful. I mean, you even get to some stuff like, like War of the Wizards. Like, I think the only official release is streaming on Amazon. I don't know if the Chinese audio for that still exists because I found a, a, a like a subtitle version that was the English audio with Chinese subtitles. And I like, well, that did this get reverse imported? Is this like a Yongari type of thing? Yeah. So. I mean, it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if it's just not, if it's just not around anymore. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it is, you know, it's, it is, as a fan, I find it frustrating when, like, the best copy available is, like, a VHS tape that you have to import from Singapore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, when, when that's what the case is, you know, I'd let people know. Or, you know, caveats, like, you know, yeah, Sakuya Slayer of Demons is available in the U.S. from from Universe Laser, but it only has the Chinese dub on it. So, you want the Japanese dub? Look for look for some fan subs. Yeah. Um. But no, I think that um, it's it's just it's really impressive just how you put things together. And I mean, there's some stuff in here that we're still waiting to see, like. Um, like a Tetsudan Kaiju Dream Match, which is an anthology of all, you know, little short films. We we got to see uh, Taguchi's last year's G Fest, but I mean, you have uh, Yoshihiro Nishimura did one, um, but I I don't see that stuff anywhere. Yeah, well, I I haven't seen that either. I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> to, to, to clarify. That's that's one of the ones in the um in the appendix that's not like i gave a full review of yeah. something i haven't seen <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh <laughs> <laughs> that's for the best um and then like i was messing around online and i was talking to kevin and i was like i was like kevin i just found more like more stuff that and it was stuff neither of us had heard of so it's like it really doesn't end <laughs> it is a deep deep well and i think the the further you go the more interesting type of stuff that you can you can get to like people have a sort of specific idea of what a kaiju movie can be but you know there are kaiju horror movies there are kaiju comedies uh and yeah you don't necessarily see that if you only watch the toho stuff but um it's out there yeah i mean that's why i like stuff like love and peace and colossal like that's why i appreciate those so much i mean there's only so much that the the big franchise money makers are going to give you you know at this point godzilla kong gamera if he ever comes back um i mean though at this point those are you know as good or bad as the movies might be you know they're they're committee like tentpole projects and then you have some little indie that's willing to get weird and you know that's when you get to the really interesting stuff i think yeah or even when you have a big studio but they're doing something that's you know off the beaten track you know like uh, again like the uh daikoju tokyo ni arawaru like <laughs> you know that, that that was a big studio production but uh 
you know, I mean, big Japanese studio production, but it was not done for the, uh, the, the exact intent with it that, you know, Godzilla movie would be done for like it was, it was a spoof and same thing with like even even like the Minoru Kawasaki stuff like those are fairly well distributed big movies in Japan but uh, they're they're not going for the the spectacle as much as just the, the goofy political cartoon of a movie that they tend to be yeah uh, Twilight of the Cockroaches is another one I Matt li- Matt just watched it we're we're divided on it I'll say that. <laughs> Uh, but I thought it was really, I just thought it was a really interesting little movie that, you know, I missed when, during Cartoon Network's insane run where they thought it was okay to show, and it hasn't been released since, and then I, you know, I read about it in here, and I looked it up on YouTube, and there it was, um, and it's like, you know, most people probably wouldn't consider that a kaiju movie, but, like, it totally is, because it's it's definitely a kaiju movie. I will say that. Yeah, it. it's about this, it's about a commune of cockroaches living in a guy's apartment. They're animated. The live action stuff is the guy in the apartment and the settings. Uh, and the guy gets a girlfriend, and essentially they try to exterminate the roaches. And it's it's just a kaiju movie, but the roaches are the humans, and the humans are the kaiju. I don't, do you know if that was even intentional? <laughs> I, I feel like there's definitely something playing on that. Uh, I, I haven't read statements saying that that was exactly what they were going for. I mean, to some extent also, like, they're both pulling from, you know, nuclear anxiety. <laughs> Yo, yeah. uh, so, I mean, you, you can make a case there, but it feels like it's that. Yeah, when I got to those sequences, I was just like, this is totally a kaiju movie. <laughs> um, it's also depressing. Well, so yes. Um, so, uh, Kevin, Matt, I want to go around, and I want I want you guys to pick um, if you could take some some smaller movies. I try to avoid the Pacific Rims and the Clover Fields. If you could take some smaller movies from this book for people to go check out right now. What would they be? Uh, Matt, you go first. So I kind of mentioned mine, but I, I think The Magic Serpent is up there. I, I Seriously, that movie's incredible. Um, can't recommend it enough. I would wholeheartedly endorse Love and Peace. Um, we talked about that already, but it's it's really a wonderful Christmas movie, and it has a ton of heart, and it, it's just, it's great. Um and then I'm gonna I'm gonna vouch for something that I think is a bit more mainstream, possibly because we obviously had uh, uh, Marase at G Fest this year. But Mighty Peking Man, which I, I love, um, that movie is has some offers some wonderful effects, um, some unintentional hilarity, and it's just for, for me. I really enjoyed watching the movie yeah. from start to that finish. Movie, so those are my yeah, that, that one's just bo- it's bonkers. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'll go next. Uh, well, Twilight of the Cockroaches, I was really impressed with just the ingenuity and originality of it. Um, it might not be for everyone. It has some, it leaves a lot of its themes a little bit vague, but I think that's what makes it interesting. Um, and then, uh, uh, I think the Zebra Man films by Mike are a lot of fun. I know Matt and I are planning to get to those one of these days. Um, 
And I'm going to pick one that gets a lot of crap, and I I don't know why, because I think for its audience and what it's trying to set out to do, I actually think it does really well. And I, Kevin, I was happy to see you share my sentiment, and that is Daigoro versus Goliath. Yeah, that's... That's one that really uh, I'd love to see whoever the modern equivalent of Media Blasters is put it out yeah. here. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think a lot of people give it crap because it's a silly kids movie, but like for a silly kids movie, I think it just works really well. I mean, the, the, the main audience might be even younger than like the audience that a Showa Gamera movie is made for. But, like, on that level, I think it accomplishes what it wants to do really well. Also, that's, it's, it's available on YouTube. Like, you can watch the entire movie right now. Yeah, a lot of the stuff um, you can find on YouTube, or um, a lot of the stuff's on Amazon, too. I don't know if it gets a mention, but not, not only is, like, War of the Wizards on there, but then... Um, the sequel to Super Robot Red Baron was Super Robot Mock Baron, and it had a German TV <laughs> compilation that, like... So it, it, it gets more convoluted than that. So it was, it was ported over to Taiwan, where it got Power Rangers treatment, where they replaced the Japanese actors with Taiwanese actors. Then they made a compilation movie uh, that was brought to Germany, dubbed over, and is now available on Amazon Yeah, Prime. is that the Iron... Is it the Iron Superman? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and that's on Amazon also. So, like, I don't know. They, Amazon's losing it. They, they got all kinds of crazy stuff right now. Um, uh, Magic, or the Magic Serpent's also on YouTube, and, and it's decent quality with subtitles. So, I mean, like, it's... Some of the stuff's out there, and it's free. Yeah. Like, there's... Magic Serpent's so amazing. Yeah, it's well, well I know, Kevin, you, you said, you told me that that was your favorite kaiju movie, so, but, um, uh, what, what are, I mean, if you could pick maybe three to five movies that you cover in your book that you would recommend to people listening, what would they be? Alright, to avoid the sort of ones that we've already talked about, uh, this one was controversial, but it's available through the Criterion Collection. And it is Jellyfish Eyes. Uh, see, uh, I haven't gotten to that one yet, but I know I. I feel like I've heard people either say they love it or they hate it. Like I, there's no one in in the middle. It seems. Uh, it's a lot of it, it is. It is definitely playing on uh, post Fukushima anxiety, and you could argue that a lot of the you know cultural commentary is a little played out. Uh, it could be bordering on cliche, but it's also. It's a lot of fun, and uh, as as someone who likes the tropes of you know the the various, it, it, as you watch it, you watch it shift genre from thing to thing, uh, and it's also just works as a as a kids movie. So, um, and as they were making it, uh, the director actually said, "Okay, so we'll make a we'll make a kids movie to the distaste of adults everywhere," and I guess he was correct. <laughs> Aside from that, uh, I want to. I think uh, Koki Mikazaki is something that uh, I absolutely adore that show, and it just never took off in the way that they were hoping it mm -hmm. would. Um, and that's, that's would they have Japan done more if it was bigger in Japan? It was. 
I mean, it was so expensive to make, and the, 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 the pace that it was coming out was very excruciatingly slow, so I don't think that they would have made more, but, I mean, they made more Garo eventually, and, oh boy, did they make more of that, so... I, I don't think it would necessarily have continued exactly where it was left off, but I'm sure if it got enough money, they would have done something. Come on, Amamiya can't get that... He's got that Garo clout now. Come on, he can do it. Garo only got got renewed because of the pachinko games were so popular. That's the weirdest <laughs> thing about it. That's strange. It, well, it's like... It's huge now. No, that that is crazy. Um, this book is... is it, it reminds me... Uh, it, it, reading this book is a little nostalgic for me because... The fir- like, I mentioned it earlier, but the first book that really turned me on to, okay, it's not just Godzilla, was Stuart Galbraith's um, Japanese science fiction, uh, fantasy, and horror films. And, geez, I was in, like, elementary school when that thing came out, and this is this big hardcover film book, and I, I literally read it from cover to cover. I wanted to learn about each movie in there, and there were fantasy movies, uh, horror movies, um, all kinds of stuff in there, and I would be like, oh, this sounds cool, and it's like, if I, back then, it's like, I don't know if I'm gonna get a chance to watch this stuff ever, so I might as well read about it, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel looking through this, is like, I just go from movie to movie, and I'm like, I'm gonna try and find that, and it's like, okay, that one doesn't have a translation, well, I'll, I'll read about it, and, Make it up in my head, but uh, yeah, it, it it gave me the same feelings that uh, I had discovering that book, and just like, you know, it's not just Godzilla, it's not just Gamera, or King Kong, or Pacific Rim, I mean, it, it, the, the, the river runs deep, and, you know, it also speaks to just the long-lasting influence of these things. I mean, every, probably 80%, maybe more of the stuff in this book at the end of the day can be traced back to what was started with Willis O'Brien and then picked up by Tsuburaya and passed along, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I'd say that everything in here has like, even if it's, even if it's ignoring it, uh, there's some, some, thread to, to Tsuburaya. I mean, even, yeah. like, probably the farthest would be Psycho Shark. But even that, I'm sure somebody on the production was like, okay, well, we are making a giant monster movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Psycho Shark is the... the worst movie in here, in this book, that I've seen. Uh, it's probably, I, it was the one I gave the lowest rating. Yeah, it's, it's, I was, it might I be was one very of the, generous. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it, it might be one of the worst Japanese movies I've seen. It's one of the worst. It might be one of the worst movies I've seen. Uh, and yeah, on our last episode, the shark episode, I called it the worst shark movie I've ever seen. And that, if you listen to that episode, you know I've seen a crap ton of shark movies. I swear to God, you you literally listed like 50 movies in about 30 seconds. It felt... <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. Oh, seems. yeah. Dude, it's like... Just don't watch it. Just don't. I, I mean, as you, as you mentioned, I think I might have done that in that chapter. <laughs> A whole bunch of shark movies. But see, we're, this is what I mean when we're masochists. When I said we're masochists, <laughs> like, I sent you... Uh, <laughs> I found like I was on a, a a site for you know um obscure movie torrents 
and I came across this kaiju one. I was like, have you heard of this? You're like, no. And then I sent you the description, and the description is literally just the guy telling us, don't do this. He's like, seriously, this is a waste of your time. Don't download this. Don't watch it. And we both commented, we're like, oh, look, at, isn't that cute? He's telling us not to watch it, but we will anyway. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's reverse psychology 101. I know. But I will say, I mean, like, just watching this stuff, some of it turn- is good stuff, some of it's bad stuff. If someone hadn't seen any of these movies, and they were just going through each one, like, to get to a Princess Mononoke or a Pacific Rim, like, it's worth it to sit through the, uh, you know, your, um, your reptilians and your uh, Legend of Dinosaur and Monster Birds and et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, I, I do give my feelings on movies, which are, you know, just sort of mercurial assessments at a time, but I'd like to think that it's at least somewhat of a guide to like, well, maybe Princess Mononoke is a better movie than Let X. <laughs> well, actually, when I was looking at your reviews, I was like, oh, I, of the stuff that I've seen in the book, I was like, yeah, I pretty much, like, the way that your rating system is set up, I, I thought it, it actually was helpful and it provided some additional value and insight about the film and whether or not you should, like, go to that one first and watch something or not. So for what it's worth, I did, I did find that part helpful. Cool. That's, uh, that's reassuring to, uh, to hear about. Although you were like a half star or two, maybe, <laughs> to, to, like too kind to Reptilian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe that. <laughs> but I digress. Why didn't you do uh, ratings, uh, star ratings for the, the bonus reviews? I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> maybe I forgot. Oh, I know one of them that was difficult for me was actually Deep Sea Monster Raiga, because every time I watched it, I wanted to give it a different rating. <laughs> so that's uh, that, that, that might have started me down the, the, the path of not actually rating the, the bonus ones. And, you know, for some, some of the bonus ones, I, I only talk about them for, you know, a couple paragraphs or something, like a little longer than an appendix, but not in great detail. I did like your honorable mention of uh, Yakuza Apocalypse because that movie's awesome. Yes. And I... Was it one of you guys that... that I, I, I feel like I had completely forgotten that that had a, a monster at the end until somebody... It might have been me because I, I was talking about the Mike stuff and I said, like, that and Yatterman you could find somewhere to cram a yeah, mention. Yeah, Yatterman. Yatterman's wonderful as well. Yeah, I might have forgotten to put Yatterman in here. <laughs> it's mentioned somewhere. Probably okay. in the Zebra Man chapter. That's that's good. Well then I then I'm justified in, in not giving it its uh, its own mention there. <laughs> uh there if the honorable mention thing had everything that I talk about briefly in, in the main chapters uh by itself, it would have I don't know, been a six hundred page book. Because <laughs> a lot of these, you know, like uh I'll talk about like Tatian for a couple, maybe a paragraph or something, but not have a, enough to say as a whole section. But it segues very nicely into talking about how Chayo ruined the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean uh, the book's great. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I mean, really, once you've seen Godzilla and Gamera, you want to know where else to go for uh, for this stuff. I mean, 
this is your book. I mean, even for guys like me that have seen a crap ton of it, I mean, I still learned, and learned stuff from this book and made discoveries. And uh, that's why I wanted to share them on the podcast, talk about my favorite discoveries and and whatnot. But no, I mean, uh, congratulations, because, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm hoping um, this book will get discovered and... Uh, will get people to just get out of the Godzilla land and into some other stuff. Yeah, I mean that's that's the goal. And um, <laughs> thank you for the kind words, and also for allowing me to to host a a long infomercial for it on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, no, and I and I I will say. Uh, yeah, I, I did get a preview at the, the manuscript because you said, hey, do you have any thoughts or suggestions or anything? And that was also very flattering. Um, and yeah, this this book and this podcast, uh, one of our goals is to turn people on to new stuff. And I know that's why Matt likes doing it because it, it gives him an excuse to actually watch this stuff. Yeah, that's very, uh, very true. Because, I, I mean, like I said, take it from me as somebody who this book was basically written for me and it's, it, it's really helpful and it serves as a pretty, I mean, it's, it's a great guide. It's easy to read and it gives you tons and tons of stuff to, Hey, what do I want? What, what do I want to watch tonight? And you can just flip through the book and, you know, randomly pick a page and start there. So, um, so it's, it's Kaiju for hipsters, 101 alternative giant monster movies. And your blog is Mazer Patrol. I just want to make sure we say that enough because we've been talking about it, but I'm not sure we stated the book the title and everything as much as we should have so make sure you get the book it's worth it i agree and uh well it sounds like what what's the way that you'll make the most money <laughs> is amazon Am sounds like Am you're keen on amazon is you know the the place you're you're uh directing people yeah Am amazon is the way to go for it it's, it's set up so that you know regardless of your region if you are in you know the uk or something then you can still go to the british amazon and and get a copy or get a copy through your um, e-reader Kindle thing. Uh, like I said, if you get the, the print physical release, then um, you get a copy of the, the, the digital book for free. Uh, the, these guys, I'm, I'm afraid, couldn't get that deal because I, I gave them <laughs> copies in person. But, uh, <laughs> well, I don't have an e-reader, so I'm cool. Uh, I'm cool. I like print. I still like print. But yeah, it, it should be fairly, fairly widely available on you know your local amazon affiliate whatever that might be and it, it looks like eh, a couple people in uh germany and the uk and japan have, have picked up some so uh that's that's very exciting for me all right but no congratulations it was worth the wait and uh yeah you you uh added uh at least five more years probably more under the longevity of this podcast so excellent that's uh that's what i'd love to hear i mean I, I what i what i hate is you know you're listening to a good podcast and then they're like and now we've run out of movies oh well and they're like but 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 but, but and, you know <laughs> to, to each their own sometimes you just need an excuse if you don't want to work on it anymore, but don't, don't make it for, for lack of content. Cause there's, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no kidding, man. Buy the book. Yes. Uh, buy the book, check out the Mazer patrol blog 
And uh, also, the Mazer Patrol podcast is out there. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for writing an awesome book. And uh, yeah, I hope people pick it up. Oh, thanks for having me. And uh, likewise, hope people pick it up. And, you know, otherwise, just uh, come come talk to me if you see me at a convention or something. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, all right. Well, I guess we're out of here. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>